0: Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Burrard. I'm your host, Michelle Burrard, founder and CEO of Urban Book Editor, and I am very happy to share this hour with you, where we examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. Now, you guys know already that Somewhere in the Middle is intended to be a safe place where we can learn and grow together. And we discuss a variety of topics ranging from love to politics to money and business and beyond. And that's because the human experience is wide and varied. Now you guys know I like to start by thanking Ms. Beverly Black and Tribe Family Channel for helping me create this space for us. Tribe Family Channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life, spirit, business, and culture, including The Woman at the Well, hosted by Ms. Beverly Black herself. Somewhere in the Middle was born on Tribe Family Channel, and though we've grown onto our own platform, we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots. To paraphrase an African proverb, we are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. I also want to give a shout out to my guest on the November 23rd show, Stacy McClam. You can connect with Stacy on social media and you can purchase her book, School Dismissed, Walking Away from Teaching, at Amazon and at other book retailers. If you missed that show, make sure you listen to the replay. Stacy shared her experience as a teacher in schools here in the United States and some of the challenges that teachers and students face in the classroom and how they should be addressed. You can get to the replay by visiting Somewhere in the Middle at bit.ly bit.ly slash Somewhere in the Middle Radio and checking out the on-demand shows. You can find our complete show archives, including the November 23rd, 2018 show at bit.ly bit.ly slash Somewhere in the Middle podcast. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Genius is Common movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. This is an important message, guys, and we really need to share it with the youth. But it's not just for the youth. Sometimes we grown-ups need to be reminded that the world needs our genius. Learn more about the Genius is Common movement at www.geniusiscommon.com. Now, I'm really pleased to introduce tonight's guest, My friend, my younger sister, if you will, Kendall Weaver. Kendall Weaver grew up in Decatur, Georgia, which is on the east side of metro Atlanta. But she hails from the Windy City, which is why she considers herself to be a tough-skinned, bittersweet Georgia peach. Kendall runs a financial consulting firm located in the heart of Atlanta that focuses on empowering women and minorities through financial education and the implementation of sound financial strategies. And this is a pretty big deal, considering that Kendall's family was poor and she became a teen mom by the age of 17. The situation forced Kendall to grow up quickly so she could take care of her new family, but she soon discovered that she wasn't cut out for the corporate world. After being fired from just about every job she'd ever worked, and after much coaxing by a mentor, she decided to pursue a career in finance. Now she runs offices for one of the largest financial marketing firms in North America, and leads a team of multicultural boss ladies. Kendall is no stranger to the mental toughness and perseverance required to tackle challenging times. After struggling with homelessness, poverty, teen pregnancy, and two divorces, Kendall has mastered the art of manifesting while making it look easy. In addition, Kendall gives back to her community and is currently working on a project to mentor teen mothers through business and entrepreneurship skills. All right, so I would like to welcome Kendall Weaver to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Barrard. Thank you, Kendall, for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I'm so excited. Well,
0: you know, I'm excited because, well, you and I met, how long ago did we meet? Two, three?
1: Yeah, it's probably been about two and a half years, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but it feels like I've known you for all of my life, and I love those. Those are like the perfect relationships.
0: I know and we've talked about so many things and I really look forward to sharing some of those things here in the air because I think you are an incredibly interesting person in your own rights and you know that this show is about
1: people's journeys, right? Absolutely. I'm so excited. You have no idea and um I love your voice. I you know I had to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to
0: ask you. You know, I start with two sh- two questions at the beginning of each show, and so I'm going to ask you my two questions, and we're going to go from there. You ready?
1: Okay, I guess I have to be. Yes, I'm ready.
0: All right, Miss Kendall Weaver. Yes, please. Who are you, and how did you become who you are today?
1: I am a dynamic creator and I don't, I just feel like I provide light. I shed light. I am light, seriously, to anyone that is around me. You know, um, how did I get to where I am today? <laughs> I think you can't become light until you go through a lot of darkness. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you don't, you know what? You do not even appreciate the light until you have gone through a lot of darkness. And um, and so I have come to appreciate so much. I think um, my family, if I can go back a little bit, my family is from uh, the south side of Chicago. And I usually say we're broke, begats broke, begats broke. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of brokenness. Um, and I just remember my family, uh, being in the projects growing up and then my mother, she moved us. Um, she wanted so much. I'm so grateful for my mom. You know, she just always had a vision for us and she wanted to, um, to have a better life for us. And so she moved us, um, into the suburbs, you know, from Chicago, I I believe it was, um. Bolinbrook is what the, the suburbs would call at that time. And just to get us away from all the crime, because Chicago was really bad. Like I said, we were in the projects when I was younger and, you know, we were out there for a little bit and then would you have it? Um, would you know, my cousin got murdered out there, mm-hmm. my younger cousin. Um, and that just shook our whole family. She was like 12. She got raped and murd- murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, it was terrible. And, you know, once again, darkness, um, my dad had gotten into drugs, really bad alcoholism. And the crazy thing about it is you kind of run and you, and to escape those things, you know, and, um, it just was following us. It Mm -hmm. it just seemed like, you know, you, you, I think the saying is like, wherever you go, there you are. (laughs) So we, you know, we were taking that stuff with us. And so, um, that was hard. We moved back into the city and my mom just kept saying, she wanted better. She wanted better. She had grown up around black people, you know, and that poverty all her life, that that broke mentality. It's not even just black. It's just a broke mentality. Mm-hmm. And she felt like she wanted something um, greater and she wanted to leave Chicago. Everybody told her she was crazy, Michelle. They, was, they, you know, yeah. every, the family spoke against her. I don't know if you've ever, well, you've definitely made that move where people are like, oh, you'll be back. Oh yeah. You know, anything big that you want to do in your life. And so my mom was a pioneer for me. Um and I didn't notice it. It's so crazy now that I'm an adult and I can appreciate all the moves and the sacrifices um that she made. She was like my age, you know, now, you know, making right. these big power moves and I didn't I didn't know with two kids and um she kind of picked a different a couple of different places and uh Atlanta was the place that she settled upon right up before the Olympics. And she saw like a church on TV, like a mega Church. And she wanted to move to Atlanta for that church to be a part of that because she felt like God was telling her to go there. Would you have, would you know that that church actually became such a staple in my life? Not one, but two of my husbands came from that church. Okay, wow. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. I graduated from the school you know, that uh the church had. I got a scholarship to attend the, the school. Um and the church was embodied in so much scandal, but from that, even right. from darkness, where there's so much scandal with the church, came so much light. There's so many it was um so many of my my, my closest relationships. I graduated with get this like eight people, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> in my class. It was wow. a very small graduating class and um man they're my family they are my family and so that move and it's amazing how one rule one decision you can make can impact the rest of your entire life my kids mm-hmm. came from that mustard seed that she planted going there and moving down on faith um and I, I I know I'm kind of all over the place I'm sorry but um no this is good it it really that just kind of my mom was a big big piece of me becoming who I am today she was uncomfortable um, growing up because she only was exposed to black people so when she grew up and had to start working um, she got a job and she worked with white people and she didn't know how to act she felt like she you know um, she was inferior and Mm -hmm. she said "I, I never want my kids to feel like this out that I have to expose them to other races before, you know, the real world basically before you get into an like a time where you're working with them and you can speak confidently, you know, alongside them. And they don't say, wow, you talk good for a black person. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> you know, that type situation where she used to hear that. So when she brought us down to Atlanta, she saw that as like, I got to give my kids a better life. And she did. I was part of a program, my brother and I, she put us in a lottery where they used to ship the program was called m to m uh minority to majority i think that was what it was called meaning that you take uh minorities to a majority white population school and you like basically infiltrate that population gotcha. you know it's that, the segregation thing that was going on then and mm-hmm. man white people were mad <laughs> they really? were so mad they were up in arms this is in like the 80s and 90s they were up in arms about that program in georgia That's fascinating
0: to me, because, you know, people act like uh, Atlanta's the promised land. You know, even back when I uh, went to college there, they were acting like Atlanta was the promised land. Black folks can do whatever here, and everybody's happy and harmonious.
1: Well, I think it was, from the simple fact, I think when I was growing up, uh, Mayor Maynard Jackson was in office Mm -hmm. at that time, and Andrew Young was really big Mm -hmm. around that time, and so... But it was like we were coming into power. And so it was like that. And so the white people were up in arms, though, kind of like, what is happening? And that's what was what the white flight started. Because we were in the, the city and they started just coming, going further and further out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that as a child, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm so grateful because that exposure, my mom hit it right on the head, that when she put me in that system, I did not look at white people as superior to me you know i was not inferior right. i sat right next to to britney and you know yep. uh angie sue on this side and <laughs> we played and we did whatever and if she took my my crayon i'm gonna yank it back and say girl do it again and we're gonna have a problem you know it was <laughs> nothing. won't start not won't be nothing okay right, right. it was it was amazing i can look back now and see that but just right. little um it was it was tough though Because I'm chocolate. I'm very, I'm very chocolate, you know, melting your mouth, not your hands. And so to be in that situation, um, it was, it it was a lot growing up, up then, Um, but I've come out now and I've used all of that and I'm, I'm the happiest that I'm, I'm so grateful now. I really am on my darkest day. I can still, I laugh at everything. God gives me so much material to laugh at Michelle. Yeah, and and it's I, probably
0: a lot of yourself. I know I laugh at myself a lot.
1: Oh, my God. It's hilarious. <laughs> and the circle, my tribe, the tribe of people that I have, it, you may not hear them, but I have uh, people down there. They're cracking up right now. Like, I'm just surrounded <laughs> by uh, just craziness. And I love it, though. I love it. I love my family. And I live a very charmed life. But its it hasn't always been this way. And so it makes me appreciate it a whole lot more. And I can give to others and and just inspire. So that's who I am. I'm an inspiration. I'm, I'm a light. I think it's yeah. awesome. And now
0: I want to ask you, cause you said a couple of things about your mom mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting because we oftentimes don't understand what our parents do for us as kids until we ourselves have kids Right. We're making certain kinds of decisions. When did you start realizing all of the, you know, that your mom was kind of a pioneer that she was doing something that was out of the norm for her circle and that she was kind of pushing herself out of her comfort zone to do better for you guys.
1: It's sad to say that I only have recently gained that, um, I guess, perspective of, just really just taking a a backseat and oh I'm getting emotional sorry (laughs) oh that's okay I'm sorry we can slow it down (laughs) no it's fine just I'm I'm so grateful because I I I asked the question um to myself like you know so so many things I don't understand but why does she act the way that she acts because you know mothers they can drive Mm -hmm. us crazy sometimes Mm -hmm. you know and um I'm like, why is she like this sometimes or any, you just think, well, she's the way she is because of whatever environment that she experienced growing up. And so then I had to think, well, what did she experience growing up? And I had to start to like kind of dissect what she went through and she went through a lot. Like when I actually sit back and piece together everything that she went through i'm like oh my god this woman is like bulletproof you know and <laughs> to come out you know and not be on drugs and have drinking issues and everything and just still um she still drive me crazy michelle i'm not gonna but <laughs> go you <like> don't because <laughs> you <she, laughs> do jesus you know but uh it just the respect that i have for her and it really i went through like um some issues if just with, with my older daughters within the past couple of years, I went through like this huge custody battle um, with their father. And we kind of alluded to some of the things um, previously uh, when we were talking before about just the first marriage that I had and the difficulties that I had there. And it just wasn't good. And so going through all that, you reflect on yourself as a parent and I needed to, I leaned on my mother a lot. Mm -hmm. And she just kind of was open and had a conversation with me, which was kind of like, that's why I did the stuff that I did. Like you, I wasn't able to understand it then, but man, I can understand it now. And isn't it funny how the universe brings stuff around full circle when you just, whoo, those lessons that you learn. And it just, and so now I'm like, man, I bet not nobody talk about my mama. Bet not nobody talk about my mama, Michelle. Okay. Like that is bae that's my that's my boo and so um yeah. yeah she's been through a lot and she deserves to be celebrated like no i think a lot of people though we hear this whole me too movement everything that's going on mm-hmm. like you know um and so it seems like at that time it just i don't know if it's just me but men were just balling out and so <laughs> <laughs> it was, it
0: was just crazy men I, I think <laughs> I think it's really interesting because I think that, because you know, I'm 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 a little bit older than you. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. how many years. You know the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> now I'm a little bit older than you, so I tend to like more old fashioned men in some ways, despite mm-hmm. their flaws, right. right? Because I find that a lot of the younger guys have similar flaws but they manifest differently in ways that i don't i i don't like or understand so i do not believe that boys will be boys i don't care when you came on this earth uh, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as boys will be boys if i ever caught my son doing half the things that i hear that some of these other boys do or have done or even well we don't even get into our current president or his Supreme court nominee. Oh my goodness gracious. Um, I can assure you that I would beat my son to within an inch of his life. if Absolutely. I found out that he did stuff like that. And so I, I don't believe in that at all, but I do, <laughs> I do have a certain appreciation for a little bit more of an old fashioned. You know, maybe, I do too. <laughs> manly, manliness is not as much in style now. You know, I, I can't take a metrosexual man. I can't take it.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness gracious. I could not agree more. You know I love him um, a little bit older. You give me the salt and pepper. Yes. Oh. And so uh, my girlfriends make fun of me. My ex-husband makes. Everyone makes fun of me about like, oh, do you guys get a discount with his AARP card? Uh-uh. First off, first off, <laughs> leave, me aunt, leave me, him, and his pension alone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing A OK. We
0: just fine around here. Okay,
1: we're just fine around here with our AARP discounts. Thank you. Okay. So I love me some seasoned men. So uh yeah, it's it's a little crazy, but I wanted to give you that that detail. My my mom is amazing and, and that's the man. and she's living her best life. She she's the one got her a little younger man. My, my my boyfriend is is older than my mama boyfriend. Let's just put it like that. See, your mom and I are on
0: the same page then, because oh, really? I like I like old fashioned. I don't like old men.
1: You sound just <laughs> like her. You sound just like her. She's the baby. <laughs> oh, she she got New
0: Orleans on that one. Oh, baby.
1: Oh, oh baby. Yeah. <laughs> she so she is out here living her best life if you heard me I said you know what that is I'm beautiful. so excited for her I really I'm, I'm excited for her like I said knowing where she's come from and she's just enjoying life and her boyfriend you know she says he has an old soul go for it, mama do yeah, it you exactly. know so I just want her to be happy and um, I'm I just love it I, I love it I love that's it that's awesome
0: well how did how did her decisions shape you then specifically? Like, so she decided to get up and leave Chicago when everybody was telling her she's nuts. Where are you taking them babies? How are you gonna live? You got a job? You got this? That and you know? I know it because I heard it. Been there. Absolutely. The- <laughs> where are you going? I'm yeah. going. I'm going to Atlanta. Oh, okay. Uh, you got. But to- you don't know nobody. <laughs> I'll get a job when I get there. Where are you going to live? I'm, I don't know. I'll find some place when I get there. Because that's
1: how, you know. That they was they go over there and talk some sense into Michelle. She talking crazy, right? Well,
0: talking <laughs> crazy. But how did that shape you as as a young girl seeing that? Now at the time, you didn't, you weren't cognizant of necessarily of all that. But I know you heard somebody saying your mama crazy.
1: You heard um, say it. I heard it, but I wasn't cognizant of it it but what i can see shaping me now is that i i don't get attached i'm not i'm not afraid to jump up and move Mm -hmm. and um and you know so so many people just have these little anchors it's like oh okay i can pick up and take my kids oh i want to move to spain that i'm not even scared uh and so there's no fear when it comes to that it's like um i think she lives by the rule of thumb that i'm not the first person to do it and I damn sure it won't be the last. So there must there be a go. way. There you go. And that has shaped my life. Really, it has. So. Well, yeah. Divorces, parenting. Business changes. Yes. Career changes. <laughs> businesses, Business failings. Business successes. It's just like, okay, cool. You know, uh, I, I do a joke. Okay, we're going. We're approaching a, a cliff. Sharp rocks at the bottom. Okay, bring it on. Like, you know, we're going to figure it out. Together. Right. Um, we'll figure it out on the way down. Figure, we will figure it out on the way down. And you know what? And when it's my time to check out, it's like, man, had a wild ride. Like, I'm I'm not even – I'm just not worried. And I, I think that's what I've seen happen with her. Like, just the universe and God, it just always has me. And not in, like, a naive um, – sort of just i'm not being responsible type way it's just like no we we're we're always good i'm always going to be good i never need anybody to worry about me i got it i'm going to be good and so it's like a hope that i always carry with me or a confidence yeah a confidence um but i say hope because so many people are just like i i I have a, a woman's group and one of the young ladies was in mental depression and um And mental, you know, things are, that's very serious to me. I've gone, oh, we can go down a whole different path with that. And But I can hear, you know, some of the people talk about, like, what they have going on with their kids. And I'm like, it just seems like so many people are in despair and there's a lack of hope. And hope meaning, like, they can't see a better way out of this. Like, they can't see that it's just always going to be dark. And for me, even in my darkest time, when I was going through a custody battle with my kids, you know, or when my husband came out and told me he was gay and he was leaving me, you know, it's like I'm crying in a fetal position and I'm still having to work and doing stuff, but I feel like literally just put a, um, put a box over me just, you know, and it's dark, but just stick a pencil in it and just poke one little hole in it. And right. I felt like that I always had a little bit of light, right? It was all dark, but it was a little bit of light. And that was the hope that, okay, just put one step, in front of the other, just one foot at a time and you'll get out of it. And so that's what I mean by hope. It's a confidence, but it's just a hope to just, I know it's going to be okay. Like, right. so.
0: Well, my saying is, it's going to be all right. Cause it's got to be all right. It gotta be.
1: We ain't got, we ain't got no options around we here. We got
0: no other choice around here. It's going to be all right. Cause
1: it's got to be all right. Either it's going to be all right or it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Or all right. So yeah.
0: Well, you know, since you, you opened the door, I am going to ask you about, I have to ask, I, I've had plenty of breakups so far. I haven't had one come at me and say he was gay and he was leaving me.
1: Mm -hmm. That must have messed your head up. Yeah, that was, um, that was definitely a lot, um, excuse me, I think for me, and I can talk about it now because back in the day, I was, oh, I would just ball anytime I even thought about it. Um, but you know what? That had to be the best thing to happen to me. That'd be the best thing. Oh, really? I'm, I'm so grateful for that, Michelle. Because the Kendall that I am right now, I would not be, oh, women, we do this so often where mm-hmm. we shrink ourselves. To make sure that the guys that we with are comfortable, you right. know, so I dim my light, you know, and um, as not to outshine you. Cause I want, you know, I want you to feel like you the man or I mean, this, that, you know, I'm always like, yeah, you know, look, but I know I'm great, but look what this person is doing. And, um, and I, and I'm trying to build you up, but at the same time, it's like, it's taxing on me. Cause I'm putting this energy. I need somebody where they strive matching my stride and God knew I, I actually prayed one time. I was just like, you know, because um, I wasn't going to leave. I'm mm-hmm. like, if it's for me, let it be for me. If it's not, remove it from me. That's mm-hmm. all. means like a prayer. And the universe works magic. Man, Just stuff will start going into place and you don't even know. But you better be ready. Oh, That's yeah. What it does. And so I was Careful ready. Careful what you ask for, anybody, <laughs> so you will surely get like, it. Girl. So when that happened, we had just come back from a trip, um, a business trip. And we were making all these plans. I had just, you know, got my promotion. I was so excited. I was so excited. Um, plans about the future, what we were going to do. And we are just in- intimate like two days prior. Um, and we had a big argument one uh, one day because he, he didn't come home the night before. And uh, which wasn't like him, you know, and it was just unacceptable. He had called me, but... He was like, I'm too drunk to drive. And I just feel like as an adult, I'm like, take an Uber. Like, you can leave your car right. wherever it is and come home. He's like, I can't do that. I'll just, and once he said, oh, you just want to spend a night. Oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. But yeah, that was a whole situation. Wow. And so that next day we had a big fight, but it wasn't like, we didn't, we really, he and I didn't really fight. Right. Um, I, I've known him all my life. He is amazing. He is amazing now. He's uh, uh, even throughout all this that we've gone through, he's been amazing. He's amazing. Dad. Uh, still a very good friend of mine. Um, and he's family to me. Uh, but role shift. <laughs> so wow. he, um, we had an argument, but I didn't think it was that bad. He, I thought he left and slammed the door and I knew I had some work to do or whatever like that. We were yelling when he came home. And so I went to tell everybody bye or something like that um, or leave the house, but I saw his car was still there. So I went to talk to him and you know look around the house I didn't see him he was in my daughter's room in the closet no pun intended he came out (laughs) of the closet when he was in the closet anyway (laughs) and that's what he you know he was like uh he just wanted to talk to me and I hope I'm not you know giving too much but he he wanted to talk to me and he just uh he was like I can't do this anymore and I'm like do what you know and I'm like babe we just had like a little fight what you talking about you know And he's like I'm living a lie, and then that's when you say, you know, I'm gay, and I was like, whoa, and so my, my mind literally went to protect, up to protective mode, I was in shock, right. I right. told him, hey, like, hold that thought, I gotta go do this appointment, and when I come back home, we'll talk about it, and I went out the house I drove. I literally was just, I don't even know how I got to my destination. I, I did everything on autopilot. I closed business. <laughs> I did whatever I needed to. I back. I got back home and I proceeded to be on autopilot for about the next two months. Like I just, you know, and then finally we had a conversation and I was like, you can't leave me like this. Like not, I'm like, I'm not expecting us to be together, but from a financial standpoint, I was going to be crippled. I had just left my office and signed up for a new lease on another office Right, um, where I le- the office that I had left before was a co-op. So, you know, you're splitting the bills, you're splitting right. the responsibility. This office was all me. I had people depending on me and I'm like, you can't leave me like this. This was supposed to be the highlight of my life. And um, it was one of the darkest hours. And I, he said, I said, you can't do this. This isn't fair. You know, you can't do this to me. And he said, um, I have to do this. It wouldn't be fair to his partner that he was with, that he was leaving me for. And girl, Mm -hmm. I saw myself, I I kid you not, in that moment, I saw, I had a split decision. And I I, I say this because we don't, we see shows like Snap and stuff. Uh and, And we say, how can that, like, that's crazy. How can a person do that? You could do that. Someone can as calm as I was when he said that to me I saw myself like standing over his body oh like I God. sucked yeah and so I had to have a moment because I was like "Ooh, I'm about to I'm about to lose my whole life right I like my whole life flashed before my eyes because I saw myself doing something and totally crazy and um I went and spoke with a mentor of mine and So when I had to make the snap decision, like, all right, it's just you, baby girl, so you got to do it. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And so lost the house, lost the kids for a while, had to just go reinvent myself and just kind of figure out who I was. Because, you know, I don't know if we spoke about this, but my first marriage happened when I was 18. And so he was my second. And... I just thought we were going to be together forever. That just, it just stunned me. And yeah, it would just stun me. So it was just crazy. So I had to figure all of that out in a very short period of time. <laughs> so that was that. But then you took all
0: of that, went on that journey of self-discovery, reinvented yourself and became this powerful, amazing Gorgeous businesswoman. Thank you. <laughs> what? Well, how did how did that how did that turn about? How did that happen? Because obviously, you go through a period like that. You go through something like that, and then there's a period of. I don't know about for you, but I know for me, I, I kind of cocoon
1: <laughs> for a while. When I think I'm just emerging like from said co- cocoon, <laughs> like literally. I just poked like one little, you know, glitterified, uh Got all the glitter on this wing <laughs> out out of the c- cocoon a little bit. So I'm I'm still in it, you know, um, a little bit because your life completely changes. Your circles change. Mm-hmm. You know how embarrassing that is. Oh yeah, like, I don't, it's it's yeah. it's on a whole nother level. <laughs> it's it's um especially I think. For us, um, it was really shocking because we we were that couple. Like, we didn't really fight. We looked great together, you know, for all intents and purposes. Like, we were kind of like, I don't know if you watch Blackish. But, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were like... Uh, you were Bo? Yeah. You were Bo yeah, and absolutely. Dre? absolutely. <laughs> Bo and Dre. Yes, Rainbow and Dre all day long. And have fun. The kids, you know... Um, and so, that was us. And so, when it happened, it just kind of like—I I don't know. People probably weren't actually talking about me, Michelle, but I felt like just yeah. in my head, you know, because people really don't care about you. <laughs> it's true. It takes long to realize that, but it's, it, it's true. Most they really think. don't. They—they—they they, they don't. But in my head, I just hear, you know, the whispers like, "Do you know what? Oh my God! Did you hear what happened? Did you hear that? You know, he, girl, he left her for a man, and you know, it's, and right. I'm just like." And in my small circle, you know, the community I told you I grew up in, you know, everybody know everybody and my kids, you know, we had our whole lives on Facebook and it was just like devastating. Everybody in my business is such a small, you know, tight knit community in my business. So I did have to cocoon and you have a tribe of people around you that just, I don't know, they just, you know, wrap you up and it's, 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 I feel like they're still hugging me. (laughs) like, you know, so I have, I have a great, great, great group of people around me. I'm so blessed, you know, so blessed.
0: Well, but I guess for me, you know, when you go through a bad breakup like that, regardless of the cause, right. Regardless of what the particular issue is for me, the issue is always trusting my judgment again. Like, how right. did I misjudge this person? How did I misjudge this situation so badly? You know what mm, I mean? Absolutely. absolutely. Is that part of what kind of, I mean, and I'm asking because that seemed like that would be the part that would devastate me the most, but it might it, just be my thinking. Like, You
1: know what? For me, it validated my judgment. It validated the fact that, girl, your gut is like insane because, um, I asked him years beforehand about his sexuality, you know? Yeah, I did. And he denied it. And so, um, and of course people tell you when they're ready. So it's not to be like, I'm not saying anything other than the fact that I felt it, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't ready. And so, um, but it's still when he came out and said it to me, I usually use the example of when you see someone dying of cancer and you know, they're going to pass away, mm-hmm. but when they actually die, it still hurts. <laughs> you know, right. it's still kind of like you're in this shock. And so when he came out, I was like, but wait, <laughs> like you weren't supposed to actually come out what's happening, you know, and the timing of it, is there ever going to be an appropriate time for your husband to come out and say, okay, no, <laughs> no. no probably they not. for a man, no, but that time was really crappy. Right. So... <laughs> Um, But yeah, so I think for me, it was the other way around that, because um, I had started seeing a therapist, and um she was telling me that you got to go with your gut, like that, that mm-hmm. small still voice inside of you. And do you know, sometimes I still question that voice, but that voice is not steered me wrong. To you know, that,
0: every mistake I've ever made in my life has been when I've ignored that voice.
1: Girl, you better preach. Every single time. Yep. Why do we do that? But I mean, the lessons you get from it, but God, you kind of wonder if I just want to listen. <laughs> you know what's
0: funny is I've, I have um, come to believe that we've been taught, particularly in Western society and in, in US culture in particular, that that voice is your imagination as opposed to it being a tool to help you navigate life. Right relatively unscathed because you nobody's can get through life completely unscathed but you know that it's it's there to help you and guide you and when I started I mean I remember when I was very young I would just know stuff sometimes I just Mm. I didn't know why I knew it didn't know how I knew it and as I got older nobody told me otherwise you know in in my house nobody told me otherwise so i just kind of okay i i know who's on the phone before the phone rings or i know you know different right like that when i got older i started seeing the pattern though and i think it's just tapping into that somehow tapping into that but our society especially if you spend a lot of time i think especially if you spend a lot of time in the church thankfully <laughs> like I was saying, thankfully, thankfully um, you know, I mean, I went to Catholic school mm. for eight years, nine years, went to Catholic school up through my first year of high school, went to church, you know, pretty much. Michelle,
1: it is so amazing how our lives are so parallel. That is just yeah. amazing to me. Mm-hmm. You're like my little sister. Seriously, I love it. I'm like, okay, cool. so <laughs> we got to keep doing this. Maybe not on air, but we definitely can keep doing We're it. We're
0: definitely going to keep doing this. But I think we have another one, at least one more we need to do on air. But I say all this to say that I think if I had tuned in more to all that church stuff, if I had taken it more on board personally, I think I would have suppressed a lot more uh, of of that instinct, you know, that's, that voice. I think because I think sometimes there's just that tendency for people to tell you you're not right or, you know, or for society or, and I I say church just because that's the only place where I think I got that really I didn't really get it amongst my people but you know where they kind right. of play you like nah you just a little nutty nah they ain't nobody talking to you a little yeah, nutty yeah that's not that's not God's not talking to you you know no
1: it totally is it totally it to, totally is and uh, I think for me I I look for ways to rationalize like nah that that can't be, and so you, like, go against it, so, yeah, and I don't know, they say when you're looking for something, you find it, so, I, I, but I have to get better at that, like, still to this day, I, I've second-guessed myself um, a lot in business with some of my teammates, and it's like, gosh, I feel like God keeps, Kendall, like, you're good, I got you, <laughs> like, just listen to yourself, like, trust it, you know, trust that voice, I feel like women would probably do that We do that a lot. Yeah, a lot.
0: I think so. And especially, let me ask you about that in business though, because that's really important. As a business person, you're trying to make your moves. You're trying to, you know, grow your business. You're trying to um, hone your message. You're trying to um, train your people, lift them up so that they can accomplish what they want to accomplish. You've got all these different moving parts. How does that intuition, how does that, that voice help you as a business person?
1: It is so, it's so, so vital Um, because it, I have, you know, I hire, um, I hire people, I run a brokerage and so um, I hire different agents and things of that nature and I think it's that intuition which, My mom taught me that intuition, you know, it may seem like cocus pocus or something, but it comes from uh, that subconscious part of you that just takes in information from not only this life. I mean, the brain is always working while you sleep, but just, it's always taking in information. So it's from other stories you may have heard, other situations, always looking for danger, past lives you lived, and she's just always like, so be, you know, just be aware. And uh, when you meet people, it, you just kind of feel a tingle sometimes, You're like, just mm, don't feel right. Yeah. And so you just, you just, I'm more alert. Mm, that don't sound right. And I, I used to try to force things to go my way a lot. And now I think I've gotten more calm about things and, you know, not to say I won't get upset sometimes and just kind of have a fit, hissy fit, you know, like, gosh, it made sense. Why didn't they, you know, do business with me at X, Y, and Z. But it's so funny how you can't connect the dots forward, but you can totally connect them backwards, you know, (laughs) and you see like, oh, that's why, because this person had, you know, X, Y, Z going on. And that would have been a bad book of business for me, you know, like, and so it's like, oh, you appreciate, like, I'm glad it worked out that way. I'm glad I went with my gut and I didn't go move forward with this person because they end up being like a certified criminal or something crazy like that, you know? And so, um that's how my intuition helps me it, it literally is it's just a little mm, and I feel right when that person said that that is, mm, and I don't know what file <laughs> that is you know being pulled in my brain that's saying honey we need to investigate this Little we'll have a seat and to investigate what's going on here but it is vital I need tonight I'm gonna pray for more of that actually that awareness because it's it's uh it's huge or discernment, as they say. That's the word. Look at the you, spirit this. of discernment. That is that spirit. of. The, and my, I have a praying mom. Let me tell you, she's Buddhist now. Oh, really? But, <laughs> yeah, she uh, she uh, went ahead and converted um, to being a Buddhist, even though I still feel like she's heavily Christian. I think like she does here, But But uh, she still prays and she chants for me, but she's always done that. And I'm a big believer of how you grow up you that's how your normal is shaped. Yeah. So growing up in a household where my mom prayed for me every morning before we went to school, mm-hmm. that we had favor with us as we came and as we, we you know, coming and going, you know, that God uh, sheltered us and, you know, just uh, she just used to cover us. I, I just love that. I thought that everybody's mom prayed for them like that, Michelle. I really did. I thought that, you know, and I found out we, um, we ended up being homeless a couple of times. Uh, when I was growing up my adolescence when I was in high school wow. and I I had to live with just different friends and stuff and that it was a huge lesson to me to see how different people were and that's a big deal like how I parented my children because I do realize that the people that you see walking around today are only an example or they are literally uh, what is the word I'm looking for they're just a product of what their normal is. If you have one parent that's an alcoholic and the other, you know, who's really aggressive and the other parent hides and is passive aggressive and they make this kid and that's what they get in this household, that kid is like a nuclear bomb situation waiting to happen, like walking around mm. on this planet and that's your coworker 10 years later. You know, right. and you don't know what's going on with them and that's multiplied that on such a bigger scale and I'm just like, oh, we're all walking around with just these different mixtures of everything and I only got that when, I dealt with my mom, you know, raising me and going out and experiencing how my other friends were living. I'm like, Oh your mama don't pray for you in the morning. <laughs> you know, <and> I'm <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, Oh, your dad actually live in the house and don't like be drinking all the time. And so it was just, it was different for me growing up to see that, right. you know? So yeah, that was a big lesson for me.
0: Well, you know, and that's something I used to say is like, the only reason that I didn't have more problems than what I had growing up is because my rock bottom was higher than some other people's rock bottom. Mm.
1: Mm, that's a good one.
0: You know, cause I mean, you can grow up right next door to somebody and be in the same basic place socioeconomically or whatever, but whatever's going on in that
1: house changes things absolutely and the gene time. the gene pool like you know um the like that's a big deal too just what well, i'm not i'm not I'm gonna argue gene pool just because i don't know enough
0: about it that's a, oh. i'm gonna stay out of it i'm gonna stay out of that from that perspective because i think that's a dangerous and slippery slope and it's something that's been used against us all oh, ways I, yeah so, i guess I tend to be a little, I tend to be a little wary of that in some ways, although I do know that it plays, it definitely plays a role.
1: Yeah. I think it plays a, a, a little bit. It may not be everything, but I definitely feel like, um, that co- it's just a combination.
0: Oh yeah. But nurture there's, and the reason I say, I know that it plays a role because I can even see it like the difference from my girls to my son. Just there's certain things that I inherently thought, cause I didn't grow up with brothers, Oh, well, kids are kids, you know, boys, mm-hmm. their kids are kids. And I had the girls and things were a certain kind of way. And then when I had my son, I was like, oh, that's a different creature. He's mm-hmm. thinking differently and <laughs> doing different stuff. And I don't know why, because I'm the same and it's just us here. So I don't understand. But there's some things that I know definitely are nature versus nurture. Absolutely. But, I also, I, I really do fundamentally believe that whatever your basis is, if your, if your basis is like your mom did her level best to make sure that your rock bottom was going to be higher than the rock bottom she knew. Right. And that, I think that makes a huge difference in like the accomplishments that you've been able to make and the things you've been able to do for your kids. Cause you want their rock bottom to be higher than yours. Right. Right absolutely so
1: absolutely
0: you know I think it's admirable that your mom got up and left that's the main thing because I think that's the thing that women are are less inclined to do sometimes
1: yeah I think that was um she got up and left Chicago um and she got up and left my dad and I I love my dad you know that was my dad was my boo you know but um he was he was a great dad. He was a shitty husband. Oh, <laughs> so go. that, that it is what it is. I don't think I could really understand that as a kid, because you really can't separate the two. But um yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. So many people stay in it, you know, for the kids. And uh, I don't think I gave her credit for leaving. Like I said, I'm older. I can see it differently now.
0: Right, right. You know,
1: and so I appreciate it a whole lot more.
0: Yeah, uh, it's 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 challenging because especially when she left, I remember even when when I got divorced and it wasn't quite that long ago. I imagine um, when you get divorced, divorced women are perceived in a very particular way. It was very interesting. So, like, I had gone back to New Orleans, and. Yeah, at first I was with my husband. Everything was cool, connected with old girlfriends from high school and stuff like that. And our kids were playing with their kids. And then as soon as our relationship blew up, none of those women
1: wanted to have me around. That is so interesting. You know, I I heard um, another young lady say that in our women's group. I'm like, do I just, I don't think maybe I hung around a lot of. Or maybe I could coon myself off so bad
0: <laughs> that I well, didn't and it, realize. And, well, and of course, in Atlanta, that didn't matter because I didn't have a, a set of girlfriends that I was running with, you know, but right. these were people I knew from elementary school and high school, you know, that I reconnected with when I went back home. But it was just, it was really interesting to me.
1: And why I do you think that
0: to, is? I think there's a perception that if you get divorced, then you want somebody else's man. And I'm like, no, I just got rid of a chucklehead. Why would I want yours? And first of all, that's the first thing. I just got rid of my chucklehead. Why would I want yours? But second of all, you do know that I knew that dude back in high school.
1: He right. shit. Right. Thank, <laughs> Pardon thank my friendship. <laughs> I might have
0: to beat that out or something. <laughs> I don't know if I, this will count I as family I, friendly.
1: Yeah, I think I said a naughty word, too. I apologize.
0: That's okay. That's okay. Cause you know, my mouth. <laughs> Hello. But you know, I said, but I think that's interesting because I feel like sometimes, you know, one of the challenges to women leaving is not just that they're leaving their own uh, situation. They're often going to be more financially um, in a more financially precarious situation, but also they lose their support system.
1: Who, honey.
0: Their it's friends, their families, oftentimes look at things differently, and it may not be so much now. I mean, I'm looking at this from you know 20 years ago, roughly, right. or you know something to that effect. But I I say that because that wasn't that long ago. That was the 90s when I got, right. you know, late 90s when I got divorced um, from my first marriage. We've been married 11 years. I think I got treated worse by my family and talked really? about worse by my family. Yes. Wow. Well, you know, you know, we'll talk about this another time, but you know, I was yeah, going to talk to a white boy, and you know, oh, oh like, yeah, why are you leaving mm. that good white? Why is that good white boy? You know, now, white now boy. that one, you make yes, it work out. you need to be Look. working out with that good white boy. He
1: got, the, he's the engineer. He got, he make good money. You <laughs> what know? you doing? Somebody you told doing? me if he not beating on you, right? If he not beating on you, what you doing? If he not beating, me, you I'm doing? like, well, well, but the verbal abuse and the emotional abuse. Like that's way worse. That's I'm way just worse. Like, I'm not gonna have my kids grow up in this, but you know what? We have to specify the husbands because I've been married so many times. <laughs> <laughs> well we'll have the husband we we'll have the husband show.
0: Yes. We'll have a husband show in a couple of months. Let's get through the holidays, have some nice family time, and then we'll come back in the new year. And we'll start, you know, because yeah. I think no, I think there's a lot to unpack there too, because you and I
1: both have been in interracial relationships, right? And um... so many, <laughs> so many. Thank yeah. You dear God. My, yeah, my my relationship that I think I had told you, like I I wanted to actually like the podcast that I, I, I wanted to start for myself at one point, it would dive into all of those things, uh, the different because my just relationship with my second husband was very interesting and the first husband from the interracial dynamic and then just having the kids and the blended family mm-hmm. and so um and all of this like i'm 36 tomorrow so i feel like Yay. i've experienced so much in just such a like concentrated pocket of time <laughs> you know <I> was <laughs> like oh my god and so this, let me tell you what this next 20 years need to look like, Michelle. <laughs> I'm like, I need to be on a yacht popping bottles, like just living, you know, living a, your a, best life. Yes. With <laughs> this, string, this string bikini that I just need to be in with a, an endless amount of uh, like just mimosas and cocktails <laughs> and reading. I like to read. So let give me some books or something like that. So, Yeah. That's because that, I've I've lived enough. I've had enough of the darkness. Let me just be light. So well, I think that
0: all of the work that you're doing, because you're also creating entrepreneurs. Absolutely. You're not just you're not just being an entrepreneur. You're helping to create new entrepreneurs. All of that light that you're bringing to other people is just going to bless you more and more and more. And then we'll be on the yacht together.
1: Absolutely private oh chefs gosh.
0: and uh, personal personal trainers and i you love know. it now i I, it. I know you like the the silver foxes but you know i i prefer mine a little younger but we'll you, we'll make it work you
1: can keep your <laughs> you can keep your young you can keep your young man i have a very a very old man with me right now and i enjoy him awesome <laughs> yes he's the best so i love it so that's they awesome.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, Kendall, tell me what you got going on and where people can connect with you.
1: Well, on Instagram, I guess they can follow me. Uh, I just upgraded my name. I used to be Million Dollar Kendall, but uh, I am now a Billion Dollar Kendall. What? <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's, that's my current platform. I'm really not social media savvy like I need to be. That basically has Family, business, fun, but I need to do this branding thing that everybody is doing, and then maybe I could start marketing like some uh, flat tummy tea. (laughs) (laughs) Doing like reviews and makeup (laughs) tutorials.
0: (laughs) Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get your podcast off the ground first. Absolutely. You know that was I was so excited when you told me about that project that you wanted to start. I know it will be
1: great yes and let me tell you all the life that has happened girl it's been coming but I love it like I see I'm just I'm having a great time I'm having a great time so I can't even complain but it's taken some time to get here but that's part of the it's just part of the journey and so can't make it out of this thing unscathed and the
0: journey is what it's all about
1: it really is and I'm learning that as I um approach, you know, 40, I'm getting a little bit closer, and as a mom, uh, you know, we we pray for our children, like, God, just make sure my kids are okay, and I want them to be happy, and it's like, no, I want them to live life exactly how they're supposed to live it. I want them to be productive, but I want them to get out of life exactly, you know, of course, I don't want them to be hurt, and things. Like that, but you gotta go, you gotta be hurt, and I just want to be here when they go through things and let them know that It's always going to be okay. You're not the first. You're not going to be the last. So there has to be a way. Like somebody did it before you. And that, like, I don't even think I talked about, like, the teenage pregnancy and everything, you know, that I went through. But, like, that's always what's got me through. I'm not the first to go through this crap. I'm definitely not going to be the last. So let me go ahead and figure this out.
0: Well, Kendall, you and I are definitely going to have to do another show so we can get in
1: all the year. Kendall, Absolutely.
0: it has been a blast. Tell everybody again where they can connect with you. And you, we, we should mention that you
1: can help them with their financial situation. I can. I can help you with your financial situation. More and money, so, money. hello. Um, and so that's a big thing that I do is uh, teaching people how to make, save, and accumulate money. And so um, if you at me, billion dollar Kindle on Instagram, uh, feel free to check me out and can slide in my DM and let's chat. I can help you. And I, my passion really, um, is us. Uh, I, I would say single parents, cause that's the right thing to say, but I really want to focus on moms. That's that market that, um, it just, it's close to my heart. So.
0: Very good. Ladies, let's get our money together. And this episode, we were talking about about relationships and intuition, all these various things, but remember, as women, we have to keep in mind, particularly if we are parents, that all of that makes us who we are, and it also all influences our financial decisions, so you want to get with somebody like Kendall, contact her, billion-dollar Kendall on Instagram, Kendall Weaver, thank you for being on Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard.
1: Thank you so much, Michelle. You have, I love this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. Wish you all the success in the world. Thank you.
0: So that's our show this week, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michellebarard.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-B-A-R-A-R-D.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. And feel free to send over some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Now, you may have noticed we did not have True Talk last last episode or this episode, and that's because we have just been wicked busy with the holidays coming up. But we are going to have a new episode of True Talk for the next show. Make sure you guys tune in to the next show on December 21st, when my guest will be journalist and author... Gerald Hoover you can find us every other Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific 6 p.m. Mountain 7 p.m. Central and 8 p.m. Eastern at bit.ly bit.ly slash somewhere in the middle radio you can also find us at bit.ly bit.ly slash somewhere in the middle podcast let's continue the conversation you guys be good stay mindful and remain prayerful peace and blessings y'all